sports listeners. I'm your host, Erica Salda, the queen of team. Please tune in every single Tuesday. This whole hour of Santa Barbara Teen Athletes. Woo! And we're talking all athletes. Welcome, everybody. Another Tuesday here in Santa Barbara, the wonderful Santa Barbara. Uh, we have a few people here actually at the house today, which is actually kind of nice. I don't have a phone, so I don't know. I'm gonna. It's, it's kind of like, where's my phone? I must have thought about it three times. Where's my phone? Um, kind of a kind of a whippy day today. We're gonna have a lot of co-hosts pop in over the next hour. So as they join us, we will introduce. But who is here right now? We have back with her own segment co-host Dr. Amy Salsman. Let's put a hand together. It's a small clap. It's okay. I like clapping. Ed, I saw you clapping. Thank you. Uh, on the bottom of the mountain range. I like everybody's uh, uh, what do you call that? Back in the, like, where are you at, Dr. D? You're, what part of the country are you at now? Well, I'm, I'm off in uh, Ireland. I'm on the island of Inishmore, uh, just outside the pub here. Get, get ready to go and have okay. a pint. You're going to you're going to laugh, but I was actually there. <laughs> wow. Seriously? Like, Wait a second. I recognize that. <laughs> yeah, I ended up on Inishmore. I meant to go to another island and somehow or another we got on the wrong boat. Oh. And yeah, no, we we traveled all over Inishmore. <laughs> See how the universe just puts everything all together when I'm like, what am I going to talk about now? Uh, we've got a lot of, of, of gratitude, I think, that we all want to share. Uh, we, I, I was nice. I went for a bike ride yesterday. Did a little swimming yesterday, and I told Dominique, I said, I thought oh, I only saw one mask, which is nice. You know, I mean, I'm excited about that. I feel like we've now we're really coming through the whole thing. I mean, of course, we got to be safe and we have to uh, support the community and, and, and love each other. But this I'm program- really excited. Kids are all now graduated or graduating. Uh, all the sports teams have uh Finished up. Congratulations to Bishop um, getting into the CIA, uh, CIF playoffs basketball. End up losing uh, the first playoff game in uh, the Brickyard. But it was great. I mean, how any of the kids survived this year is profound to me. With what you've got to do your whole life just to have a senior year. And then as many teams just opted out of it completely. So this is always about learning. So we'll, we'll find out in 10 years when they look back on it, what, what actually they really gained from it. So anyway, let's go around the room. We've got, well, Dominique will go with you first this week. Uh, thank you. Yes. I want to give a, a thank you out to Flo. She is a volunteer at Goleta Valley Hospital. And we really, really appreciate she is a retired nurse and continues to volunteer. So we really, really appreciate our senior community. And she's going to like that because she listens every week. (laughs) That was a good one, Dominique. All right. Christine Marie, who do you want to say you'll give some love to? Well, I have uh, some love to give to Nurse Mary in the oncology ward who was there with my mom this morning when I um, brought her some coffee. And Nurse Mary was just so lovely. She reintroduced herself. She was so kind. You know, and I and she's just, they're they're just taking such good care of my mother at Cottage Hospital. So I'm just really grateful for all of them, and especially Nurse Mary. All right, nice, beautiful. And, all right, Don, what do you say? My younger daughter Kaya works, lives, and supports the Santa Barbara community directly. But I want to give a shout out to my older daughter Lauren. Today is her birthday, number thirty, and that's the thirtieth anniversary of me becoming a dad. 
And uh, so, so I'm very grateful that, that uh, both those daughters and my two sons came into this world to uh, make a family with me. Oh, that's beautiful. That's nice. All right, Ed, let's go. While I was under the weather, I had three people that helped me out that I want to shout out to. Uh, My neighbors, Peter McCracken and uh, uh, Robin Paulson, and my gardener, Nawang Sherpa, who brought me meals daily. Every night he would show up with with uh, with soup that his his wife had made, uh, lentil and curry soup. He's from India, so he would bring these concoctions over. So uh, I really appreciate all the help that I got the last two weeks from those people. Thank you. Wow. Your voice is sounding better, Ed. It's coming back, yes. Coming it's all back. the soup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, lentil soup, soup and curry. Nice. Dr. Amy is in the house. What What say you? Well, I am grateful for you, Erica, and Teen Sports Radio, and for you including me in the party. Oh, <laughs> well, it's a, it's a mutual, uh, we are so blessed. It's a mutual admiration. Yeah, club. definitely. It's a love fest here. We just love having you. I'm so looking forward to knowing what you're going to talk about today. We don't know. We, we always leave it all how we're going to be all surprised. Because we try to make the show as authentic as possible. We're going to be taking a break, but I got to find out who Richard Dr. D. Dugan. Who are you, you going to give some love to? Uh, well, you know, this may sound a little self-serving, but I'm going to give it to myself first. Uh, because we all need to love ourselves, okay? That's really kind of where it's more of a small S, okay? Uh, so that then I can give that to others as well. And uh, so I would uh, actually do a shout out to self-love. Be kind to yourself and then give that kindness to others. Beautiful. Oh, nice. Well, we can't, we can't beat that. Now, we, now we're going to listen to some loving commercials. We support the community. We've been doing it for 11 years, and hopefully we're going to be here for another 11 years. And thank you, Dr. D., Les Carroll, News Press Radio, for making this show what it is today. God bless all of us. Let's take a break and listen to some new messages. And this is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salt of the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday, 9 a.m. So, Dr. D, thank you for uh, prompting my topic for today. And I want to talk a little bit about the difference between self-esteem and self-compassion or self-love. So that was beautiful lead-in. Self-esteem usually has us thinking about better, worse, good, bad, right, wrong. And when we're on the top end, we feel pretty good, but we're actually a little nervous because we know that what goes up must come down. So self-compassion actually has three parts, mindful awareness, common humanity, and self-compassion or self-love. So mindful awareness means noticing when you're having a tough time. So I acknowledge that this is a tough moment. Common humanity means I recognize that all human beings, all athletes, all students, all parents, all business people have tough moments. 
And in this moment, I am going to find a way to give myself some compassion or some love. And it can help to have a phrase or a gesture. A lot of people like to put their hands on their heart, just say, I'm here for myself. I've got my back. We'll get through this. But it was a great topic for you to introduce. Nice. Beautiful. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. And making the difference between self-esteem and self-love and talking about that roller coaster ride, that's huge. I don't hear people talking about that. Well, if Richard was on the show, he would say, you know, look at the movies that are constantly being repeated, 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 repeated in your brain that you're burying and you're putting and you're trying to process because the way he maps the world, it's, it's kind of, you know, different. It's alternative, but it's just then you're creating your reality. So the things that you most fear is just going to pop up because there's a, it's all about learning and you need to get through those and say, oh, wait a minute, I get it. Yeah. And the one thing I would say about that, though, is that I think it's super important not to um, dramatize fear and to when we're when we're having a moment of fear to be compassionate about that, because otherwise we get afraid of having the natural human experience of fear. So it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. I'm having a moment where I'm feeling afraid and I'm not going to judge myself for it or beat myself up for it. I'm going to offer myself compassion for it in this moment. That's so wonderful. It's brought me to like, I picked a, I did pick a card and then picked a couple other cards, but there's a card called the seven of cups, um, which it talks about how we react and deal with uncomfortable emotions and uncomfortable fears. And it's really a card that's designed to um, help us recognize when we're having those feelings, when we're avoiding those feelings, you know, and th- at that point in time to allow, oh, wow, I'm eating this cookie. Wow, I'm eating this whole box of cookies. Oh, hold on. I think, I think, I think I'm avoiding a feeling, right? And in that sense of that holding one's heart, um, I bring the queen of hearts, the queen of cups in here. She's the divine compassion, Kuan Yin, Mother Mary, um, Venus holding her own half shell was this sense of really loving oneself and filling up our own cup from within. Um, and then I, I brought the Ace of Cups, which is like self-love first and anchoring mm-hmm. into self-love, which then I just have to say brings me back mm-hmm. to the card I actually picked for this day, which is the Nine of Cups, which is about following our heart. So I think that sense of allowing ourselves to sit with uncomfortable emotions and with really allowing ourselves to love ourselves through them and be with that, then allows us to access that, um, that self-love and find out, well, where's that love taking me next? Where's my heart guiding me to next? So it's like a, a big process. Might seem easy through those four cards, but we all know that it's not, you know? <laughs> well, and I would say those skills can be practiced over yeah. time and we can talk next time or whatever about how to actually practice those on a daily or weekly basis. I was just thinking. Go ahead, Christine. Oh, it might be nice if you did have um, um, something to give um, Dr. Susan. (laughs) If you did have something to give for um, uh, just a practice, a daily practice of that. For me, it's like sometimes looking at the cards and thinking and touching my heart, but maybe you do have something to offer. That would be lovely for today. Is that okay, Erica? 
Oh, go for it. Go for it. We just, well, I, I just want to say, Dominique wanted to say something. Well, it, said, it, I've, um, I frequently have used the phrase, uh, fear is false evidence appearing real. Because usually when I get afraid, my instincts are jumping in and becoming dramatic about, oh my God, you know, uh, something horrible is going to happen. And then when I relax a little bit and review what's going on, it turns out to be not quite so fearful. Or maybe I get more information. So, so yeah. Yeah, I, I, think, do I think this is a both and because I think there's a way where also fear is a messenger and it's telling us that we need to take care of ourselves. And sometimes we're making up a story that's not true. And sometimes we're not honoring our own internal wisdom. And so it's really important to be discerning about which is which. Mm. That's one emotion. Then we, we could also maybe have a segment because with teens, you just see that you, you, you see a lot of impulses between kids today, whether it's uh, greeted out of jealousy, but they get angry with each other. And that whole conflict resolution thing needs to be addressed as well, because sometimes when when somebody I, I feel, you know, approached in not an appropriate way in, in my personal life. It's Dominique has really taught me a really cute little trick and my therapist as well. <laughs> you know, sometimes you need therapy when you get made up. Um, but and that's just watching the other. It sounds weird. And I thought it was bizarre when I first heard it. But I tried it and it really was worked for me. And that is you just imagine yourself washing that person's feet. I know it sounds nutso, but it's it really just to me, it just poured it all out because nothing, nobody really out there can. I don't want to be tied to it, I guess. The anger, I don't like that emotion. There's no reason for it, because especially if you you know position yourself. So you just I just say to them, I apologize. I love you. And um, and you visualize washing their feet. And it's just an act of gentleness and humanity. Yeah, I just it works because it doesn't 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 help any doesn't help your health doesn't help your wellness doesn't help anything and then like you say sometimes you sensationalize the whole thing and your anger just all of a sudden Dominique goes like you another cup of coffee <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean what did I do it just kind of bubbles over. <laughs> Well, and so, I definitely have practices for being able to befriend our feelings, to offer kindness to our feelings with, so that we can have our feelings, be fully aware of what we're feeling without our feelings having us and having us say or do something we regret. Exactly. Exactly. Don, you want to close out the segment? I was just going to add, uh, I, I'll visualize massaging their feet. Unless they're all muddy, then I'll wash them. <laughs> There you go. And you are a good foot guy. Let me tell you, <laughs> I can, I will definitely give you the footsie. I have 15 minutes just on the feet. Okay. And that's usually when I just go into a coma. I mean, he's got that foot down. It's really good. So let's, let's do this. We've got Ed Langlo up next. If only I'd known. Enjoy the commercials. Goodbye. 
together we will stand every boy, every girl, and a man. We are back, and this is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salter, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday, 9 a.m. Good morning, I'm Ed Langlow. Welcome to another segment of If Only I'd Known. I'm going to continue our conversation about the visualization that we talked about the last two episodes. And uh, uh, the title of today's segment is Sensationalism and the Visualization Solution. I'm going to talk about the amygdala, our sympathetic nervous system, our autonomic nervous system, and the response to stress and how visualization techniques might help stabilize them. The somatic nervous system controls voluntary muscle movements. If you move your arm, you're using your somatic system. The autonomic nervous system controls digestion, heart rate, uh, which happens automatically, and we have no control over it. Or do we? First, let's talk about our amygdala. They're part of the limbic system located at the base of the brain, and mostly in charge of our emotional responses fear, excitement, anger, sorrow. The sympathetic nervous system is activated by the amygdala. We sometimes refer to this as the fight or flee response. You could say that the amygdala hasn't fully evolved. It's still functioning like a troglodyte. When there was no movies, there was no television, everything was real. If a cave bear walked into your camp, it was real. Your fight or flee response was activated, your heart rate increased, your blood pressure went up, the blood left your digestive system for your arms and legs in preparation to either fight or run. Now, your amygdala can't always discern what's real and what isn't. Try watching a movie where, say, an old gentleman has to euthanize his aged friend, his dog. Your amygdala perceives the event as real and you get teary-eyed. If you used your frontal lobe for reasoning, you'd realize the dog didn't really die. The whole story is a script that some writer made up. The actors are people pretending to be someone they're not, doing things they haven't really done, and you're sitting there crying. (laughs) We can vicariously experience fear, sorrow, sensational excitement, and we love the ride. Then we turn off the TV and go to bed unscathed. But let's say you're driving home thinking about the homework you may not have finished if you don't get home soon and how mad your teacher might get and the car in front of you is going too slow and you start to stress. Your amygdala perceives the stress as an urgency like a cave bear attack. Your heart rate rises, your blood pressure goes up, your breathing gets short and fast. Don't believe it? Try watching someone having a panic attack, breathing into a paper bag, trying to get their hyperventilation under control, all from stress. No life threat in sight. The media uses sensationalism to get our attention. Some people avoid mainstream television news, including me, because of the sensationalism. We just get mad, scared, or agitated, but it's our fault. We demand sensationalism. Don't believe that? Open a newspaper. On the editorial page is a story a thousand miles away about a race riot with six people killed, police cars burning. On the op-ed page is a local story about record sales of 
Girl Scout cookies. Which one do you read first? When the riots start, you're glued to the couch. Television news sorts through the facts, telling you the ones that get you riled up and leaving out the mundane ones, basically telling you half-truths. And you get your fix of sensationalism. Uh, let's go back to the autonomic nervous system. It also controls the sympathetic nervous system, the fight-or-flee response that increases heart rate, raises blood pressure, and quickens a breathing rate. Meditation can help to limit this response. I used to think meditation was a little hocus pocus. If you feel that way, try thinking of it as the force quit tab on your computer you use when your computer won't give up something you don't want running. You can use your somatic system to force quit your rapid breathing by taking slow, deep breaths and focus on your breath to force quit your stressfulness uh, that you have in your thoughts. Yeah. Two of my friends gave up their businesses after their doctors told them the stress was going to kill them. I gave up my sheet metal shop to get away from the stress. Meditation instead would surely have helped if only I'd known. My advice to the teens is learn more about the amygdala, the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems. Study visualization techniques, how they can calm your mind and relax your body by evoking the parasympathetic response. Promise you this, if you learn more about these things, you might spend more time meditating and using visualization to elicit the parasympathetic response lowering your blood pressure and heart rate, and living a longer, healthier, happier life for it. Namaste. I'm Ed Langlo, and I'll see you next time on If Only I'd Known. Nice. Woo! All right, let's take a little break. Erica Saul will be back with a lot more after these messages. Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salt of the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Welcome back. This is Teen Sports Radio. I'm Dominique Hackett with Santa Barbara Wellness Center. And also, I'm a Braille teacher as well. And I just wanted to add a comment. We've been talking about uh, the fear response and using visualization and so forth. And um, I just wanted to add in for our teens. Something that uh, has helped me, I, I was fortunate to learn meditation, but my meditation teacher taught me also a technique when I'm in fear to go to my senses. 
And so what I do when I'm in fear is I touch my body and I feel my body. I feel maybe I'm uh, breaking out in a cold sweat, but I feel my body. And then I feel if there's a breeze and and a coolness on my skin. And then I go to my nose and I smell what I'm smelling and I taste what I'm tasting. And I look around and I do everything I can to use my senses because by using my senses, I'm putting myself back in my body in the present moment because for me when i hit a fear response my mind starts making up stories and i don't want to be in those stories i want to be here and now so what i try to tell people when i see someone having a stress response i'll i'll touch them Mm -hmm. and you know touch their arm and then i'll say what are you feeling what are you feeling in your body she does she does do that she does do that because my <laughs> she does do that. Come yeah. back to your senses, and I've also noticed, and maybe uh, Dr. Amy, you can comment on this. We have animals. We have a dog, and we have a cat. And I have noticed how when I'm in a fear response, the animals seem to gravitate towards me and want to be petted. And so then um, I'll just sit with my cat and I'll just, I'll pet her. And she looks me in the eye and I'm like, wow. And the petting sensation makes me calm down my breathing and and helps me come in the present moment. So I was just going to comment on your earlier thing about um, like, and connect it with what we were saying with Dr. D about the self-love. So one of the practices that we can do is to just rest our hand on our heart. So I invite all the listeners just to take a moment, rest your hand on your chest and notice how your body responds to this touch. And usually people notice a softening an opening, a sense of comfort. If you don't notice that, call me or email me, we can talk about it. But (laughs) it is a simple way in these moments of distress of connecting to the now, connecting to our body and offering ourselves self-love and self-compassion. So it can be a really simple, gentle gesture, the same way that you, Dominique, do it for Erica. If we don't have a dear friend around to do it for ourselves, then for us, then we can do it for ourselves. Nice. Christine, I know you have something to throw on top of that. And Richard Ellsworth is in the house. Yay! We're looking forward to this segment next. Um, okay, well, this is Christine Marie with A View from the Deck. And I just wanted to acknowledge how wonderful I felt that um, Ed's, Ed's connection just connected right into what we were talking about, about self-love and visualization and how everything just moved in a different way. I mean, how it all just integrated so well, because I don't know if people know this, but we don't script these, you know, everything just comes together. And it was so beautiful how it was so quintessentially perfect what Ed brought the touch with Dr. D and Dr. Amy and and the tarot cards. And I want to say, too, that what I I like to do um, when I'm feeling stressed or feeling out of it is I like to feel my feet and my hands, um, feel my feet on the ground. What are my hands doing? And then it is nice. I love that putting my hand on my heart. Um, I think doing that, it really, really does help calm me down. And I almost always do it, especially when I'm feeling stressed. So thank you, Dr. Amy, for reminding me about that. Dawn, what are your little tool tricks? That now? What are your little tricks for fear? Oh, yeah, for when, you, when you're faced with fear, uh, 
I, you know, 30 plus years ago learned a particular chant, which is a form of meditation. I chant Nam Myoho Renge Kyo, and that will, that will also calm the body and it will also downshift the nervous system so that you can, you can, you can get out of the head stuff and get back more into the grounded heart stuff. And from there, you can make better decisions about how you want to proceed. It's yeah. funny that you made that one sec. It's funny that you made that chant. I remember about thirty years ago, um, in my backyard, my friend wanted to borrow my, my. I have a big backyard. My friend wanted to say, "Can I invite some friends over? We were going to do whatever they were going to do." And I didn't even ask. And I said, "Fine." So I get home like at three o'clock, and I hear this literally this vibration sound. And as I walk in the backyard, there's like thirty people sitting on mats saying that chant and it was yeah. so uniformed it, it it sounded just like a buzz the yeah. way they were all in sync it was just bizarre i yeah. i never experienced it like that it's before. very grounding and very fortifying because you know um these tests were they, we, these tests we're talking about they also make us grow and get stronger you know there are teachers in the school of life and so our, our response, we can't control often a lot of things, uh, what happens to us, but our response to it is what everybody's talking about. Our response to it is what we can control. Yeah, yeah I, I just wanted to say too, that one of the most important things about my feeling present and connecting with my feet and my hands is breathing in and breathing out because those are, that's, that's perfectly presently right now in this moment, we can breathe in and we can breathe out and we are breathing. And that is so important to me. And that I think with the chanting and all those other things that brings in the breath and the connection and the presence of now. Um, that's so also helpful. Beautiful. All right, let's take another little break. We've got Richard in the house and he's going to bring to us the facts and fiction of fasting right after these messages. <laughs> And this is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. This is Richard Ellsworth with Mountain Sage Healing Arts and the Braille Institute. Wow, well, I jumped in at a, at a really cool time with everybody talking about self-care and mindfulness. And very coincidental, I'm actually teaching a workshop at the Braille Institute on that this afternoon. And I needed some ideas and some thoughts to warm myself up so um really really grateful to, to hear all these things and see everything tie in so perfectly um so today i'm going to talk about the facts and fictions behind fasting the, the three f's facts fictions fasting um and uh you know fasting is is one of those things that a lot of people try to do primarily i i think to lose weight i mean I, i'm not everybody but when i hear people talk about fasting they're usually talking about trying to lose weight and very often it can be effective because when you're in a fasting state, your body will turn towards fat for a source of energy, but only if you're restricting your carbohydrates. So then your, your, your body is using that fat, using the energy it derives from fat for carbohydrates, and then you end up burning that. And that's a state called ketosis. 
um, that is probably the only time where fasting is beneficial for losing weight is when you're in a ketogenic state. Otherwise, fasting is hugely beneficial for a number of other things. Um, currently, the recommendation from studies for people going uh, in for cancer treatment and being bombarded with radiation is that you fast beforehand because when you're in a fasting state, your cells will build up a protective barrier around themselves. Um, and that barrier is, is that, that lipid wall. So it's, it's like a, you can picture it as like a cell having a pillow around it. So then all of a sudden, all this radiation that's being thrown at those cells will not get absorbed by those cells because it has that much thicker of a barrier to work through. Um, so that is currently what, what the studies are showing in regard to cancer treatment. Now, um, fasting is also really helpful for um, certain emotional states. Um, fasting can be a, a really nice thing to do when you're in a state of extreme anxiety or depression. Now you have to be very careful because fasting can also cause the exact opposite reaction in some people. So this is where it's, it's always about knowing your body. But when your body has to put in a lot of energy to digest and break down food, it can, that can actually create a stressful reaction. And especially if your body is reacting to something in the food, there are so many foods that we eat on a regular basis that our bodies actually don't like, even if it's just in a you know, minute amount that we're reacting, um, that can cause an emotional effect. So when is fasting bad? So fasting is bad if you're as twig skinny as I am. Um, that, that, that's a joke. Um, I, well, I actually kind of am. But <laughs> um, you don't necessarily always want to be in a fasting state because you really, really, really need to be giving your body the resources that it needs to not only carry through the day, but it needs to have that extra energy to, to heal itself because there are so many things that we're doing and receiving from our environment, from the foods that we eat, that's having an injuring effect on our bodies. And we really, really need to pay attention to that and give ourselves the energy so that our body can, can heal. And most people eat just enough food to have the energy to get through the day. And that's not enough. And, but I'm not talking about going out and eating 10 bags of Doritos. You know, I'm talking about eating vast quantities of, of healthy food, you know, food that's going to be high in, in fiber. So your, your cruciferous vegetables. Um, I've been getting really into quinoa because it's a really clean source of carbohydrates. Um, but again, restricting carbohydrates for a certain window each day can be very helpful if you're trying to lose weight. But again, it's, it's, it's that window that you're fasting in. It's, it's not fasting all day or fasting for multiple days at a time. And even better when you're fasting, because your body does need nutrients. If you're going to fast for longer than, I don't know, say a, an eight to 12 hour window, what you can do is do a juice fast. And doing a juice fast, you're just eating fruit and vegetable juices, or I'm sorry, drinking fruit and vegetable juices. Um, through that window. And you may have three or four of those throughout the day, three or four eight ounce portions of those throughout the day. And of course, when you're in a fasting state or not a fasting state, drinking water to help everything move through your system is absolutely critical. Nice. I have a question. Yeah. Um, I have a friend that has lost a tremendous amount of weight. So then the first thing in my mind, I'm like, did you have the surgery? Because you can't help it, right? But she swears she did not have the surgery. But what she did do is she, her block of food, I'm talking about she dropped like 80 pounds in like five months. Mm. I mean, it was, it was so fast. So, but what she did, and she swears by it, and I said, pinky swear and everything, and she says, all right, uh, I, I, okay, I believe you now, um, is her food, she, her window of eating 
is 11 to 3. That's it. So if she's going to mm-hmm. eat and she watches it, but it's 11 to 3, and anything else is green tea. So I'm thinking, well, maybe if you were an evening nusher and you were like eating from 6, 7, 8, and then go to bed. So moving, you know, the food around, that would be a good fact, right? I mean, if you're just like, if you're not as mobile as you once were and you're a little older, over 50 or whatever. So I wanted to get some input on that. What do you think? I mean, I know this is good for teens too. We hear it all the time. Girls especially, they don't want to eat. They're going to a party, you know, that's doing whatever they should be doing. And then that's not, that's not healthy. I mean, that could cause, you know, major issues. But so Richard and then uh, Dr. Amy. So what do you say to that, Richard? So having a small window that you're eating in can be healthy, but 90 to 95% of the time it's not. And the reason Uh is, is because in that small window, you have to be getting all the nutrients your body needs throughout the course of a day. I don't know many people that can do that, but if you can, then, then more power to you, you know, that's, that's, that's perfectly acceptable, but you would also have to keep on that pattern every day because of circadian rhythm which means that within that window, your body has to get used to producing the right enzymes and acids to digest that food at that specific time. But um, drinking matcha obviously is something that that can, I'm sorry, green tea, matcha is a concentrated form of that. Um, Drinking that for a specific amount of time, it can be absolutely amazing. You're, You're constantly putting in antioxidants. But, you know, this is this is teen sports radio. So a lot of people that are that I'm that are listening, I'm sure are athletes. And athletes should very rarely be drinking green tea because you actually need your body to produce those free radicals because of strengthening your body and your cells. And the antioxidants in green tea will actually kill off those free radicals. So if you're going to be drinking green tea, you want to do it very far away from when you're going to actually be exercising. Very helpful. You did not know that. Dr. Amy. It's interesting because I'm uh, smiling at Richard because I'm going to be a little bit of a contrarian here. So uh, especially for. I love that. We love that. Okay, Didn't know. Still learning the game rules. So um, especially for people suffering from anxiety and depression, it's super, super important to make sure that you are getting all your nutrients and especially your amino acids, which are your building blocks for your um, neurotransmitters. So like your dopamine and your serotonin. So it's you don't just want to start a fast kind of randomly. And as far as athletes and caffeine, I'm not a big caffeine fan, but if you're an athlete and you're going to use caffeine, there's actually very specific timed ways that you can use it to enhance your performance based on your particular sport. But I just want to go back and really caution people. Richard sounds like he's done his homework and gotten lots of support and thought about this a lot. But you don't just want to jump into a random fast without good support and some solid research and understanding your conditions and um, what might serve you best um, compared to what might serve someone else best. Mm. I didn't think that was contrarian at all. That that was I agreement <laughs> with you. Awesome. <laughs> no, no, Question for Richard. Uh, yeah. 
a lot of a lot of people have hard and fast rules about like I'm not going to eat after a certain time. But I've read recent research that says you shouldn't go to bed starving and you shouldn't go to bed, you know, completely stuffing yourself. But you should get in something light and nutritious, even if it's late. Can you speak to that? I, I would agree, but I, I also believe that you need a good one to two hours after eating before you try and, and fall asleep. And that's that's not only for people with digestive issues, which I, I think most of us have even a mild case of acid reflux, even even if you are a teenager. Um, but uh, I, I just think that that window is really, really important for food to start being digested before you fall asleep. But I think it is important to have, you don't want to be starving before bed because you want your body to have the energy to go through its detox processes that it goes through when, when we're asleep, you know, but at the same time, you know, the opposite end of that, if you're, if you're going to bed really, really full, your body is donating all of its energy to digesting the food and not enough to its detox processes. Christine. I have a question too. I, I know that there's a kind of a buzzword and I, I think it's included in here, but intermittent fasting is what people have been talking about mm. a lot recently. And I think that might be what your friend did that for that four hours and then fasted the rest of the day. But what say you um, Richard about intermittent fasting? If you're going to fast, intermittent fasting is the way to do it. You really do not want to go extended periods of time depriving your body of nutrients. There, there are cases where that might be the case or, or where you might want to go extended periods of time, but they're very, very rare. And in teenagers, almost non-existent. And if you're going to be doing any type of fasting, intermittent fasting, 100% the way to go. But you have to be very careful to keep that window of time where you're eating and when you're fasting, you, you need to keep those very, very consistent. That's, that's, absolutely you know, I, I, the sport of wrestling is the sport that comes to, to my mind. Mm -hmm. Having friends, a lot of friends, a lot of the male friends that I have were basketball and wrestlers. And when they had to drop weight, add weight, and watching them run around the parking lot, run around the parking lot in all their like sweatsuits and everything like that. I, I don't, you can't even imagine what that could do to a teen athlete. And I know it's a great sport. And I love that. And I was, I was always on the mat, you know, rooting for my friends. But Dr. Amy, what, what do you think that does to a teen? That's probably, it's not even really talked about because I don't think it's healthy. So what do you say? Well, it's interesting because, right, I was a gymnast and my husband was a national caliber wrestler before I met him. And oh. I think I think it nope. really depends on um, how the athlete and the coach communicate. So, for example, my husband was went to college at a recruited at it to wait it wrestle at a specific weight class. And then he grew several inches over the summer. And in his high school, they were allowed to um, wrestle off to earn the spot. And so he wanted to wrestle off against the guy above him. But, you know, the best things for those wrestlers is to wrestle at your natural weight, you know, lean weight, but your natural weight and to be able to address issues like growth or injury or whatever with your coach so that you're not um, being undernourished or preventing healing from an injury. And so those things need to be worked out with a coach. 
Nice. Beautiful. Dr. Amy, what's your contact information? We're coming up to the end of the show. I want everybody to know. Easiest, easiest place to find me is stillquietplace.com. All run together. Stillquietplace.com. Nice. Richard, how do we get a hold of you? Um, you can email me at mountainstagehealingarts at gmail.com. Nice. And we got. We could always get Christine Marie at paradise found and now in the house last but not least anthony rodriguez close out the show you got a couple of minutes what's going on at the food bank oh food bank is did really well during their um their event that they had uh last saturday which was it just went really well well we were trying to um get people to donate some food including um some uh softly or gently used um you know pots pans and and stuff like that for people that you know that they don't, they don't have that and and it's a lot of people that are uh, unfortunately uh, you know don't have a home so we were trying our best to figure out a way to help them be able to cook for themselves um you know because it, it's just right now it's just completely difficult so um food bank is 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 doing the best that we can do um we're also i just wanted to say thank you so much to um all our wonderful donors um Christine Marie, Richard, uh, Don Sanders, uh, you know, SB Wellness Center. It just we're blessed to have you guys because the bingo is going really good. Second, second card. So that's it. Great. Well, Anthony, we love you. We appreciate everything you've done at the food bank and all the safety and awareness tips you've been giving Teen Sports Radios forever. Um, that's the end of our show today, folks. God bless everybody smile no masks lots of smiles see you next week